Hey everybody, welcome back to Terminus, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids of Extreme Metal Podcasts. As always, I am the Death Metal Guy, a.k.a. wearing my finest Iron Maiden work shirt to a funeral. And I am Hyper Shannon, a.k.a. the Vehemence record stays on during sex. It's the <laughs> only way I can get hard. I can I can imagine that <laughs> you know it it makes it makes the sex both heavier and more disquiet. Wait, wait, who who are you again? I'm 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 hyper I'm what, the intern. I what what are you doing on the show? Why well, I, I told I, you you never speak to us directly. Well, the the, the 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 blackmail guy said I need to fill in. He said he he sent me a, a a a hastily scribed letter stating that he had been forestalled by necromancers. Oh Jesus Christ! I haven't been able to raise him on the orb transmissions in weeks now. Uh, what the fuck are we gonna do with this man? Like he's the only thing keeping this whole thing together. How are, how are you and I supposed to scrap together some bullshit episode of this already low effort show? Uh, Do you have records? Want to listen to some slam? <laughs> listen to the track, bitch. Maybach music. Listen to listen to the track. Diabolic film track shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Terminus episode 81.5 with the Death Metal Guy and Hyper Shaman. And while Dad's away, the kids will play with records they are not allowed to buy or listen to ordinarily. And uh, the first one that we have this evening is the return of a favorite of both mine and the Shaman's, which is Balsabub with Famine, their new EP out on New Standard Elite. What, what we, we've been waiting what six years for this? Uh, yeah, I was I was actually just about to double check yeah, the exact time like... passed. Yeah, yeah, six years. Twenty sixteen, sickness of the Holy Inquisition. We got a demo of I think one of these songs off of Famine. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, one of the songs off of Famine we got in twenty eighteen. And then it took four, another. So four, yeah, it, it took another four years, and I remember we were so stoked about this, and then it actually dropped, and we're like, "Oh, oh this is less than fifteen minutes long. This, this is what yeah, we get after six it, years. It, you couldn't even get us a quarter hour of yeah. new material, guys. Shit." But yeah, no. So I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, man, really, really?" But I, you know what? It's might be the 15 best minutes of music released this year. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm still a little <clears throat> bit disappointed by how slim it is, but oh, it yeah. really just means you play it again. Um, so, <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar with Balsabub, um, I would say they are kind of within people who care a lot about new standard elite. The sickness of the Holy Inquisition is kind of like the gold standard for the label style. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say, well, it, oh, and it's funny here looking at, it was really looking at this. It was released on ungodly ruins. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it was, ungodly. but, but it's, Oh, good. 
it was ungodly ruins and then i want to say there was like a reissue from nse or something well they i think immediately after that they signed to nse oh, yeah. and then they didn't well, do anything for a while <laughs> well i mean they it was spiritually new standard elite metal from the beginning yeah definitely. i mean it's it, they they essentially took what can you know with this new standard elite formula of let's do stuff like brodequin Bowsabub said let's take brodequin and bring it into the 20 you know the uh well i guess brodequin was already 21st century let's take brodequin and take <laughs> it into the future yeah i mean and that's really the the niche that nse has carved out um oh yeah we've we've covered a few nse records on the show and i guess the defining characteristics really are just well one they're all incredibly fast it's like the fastest shit in the universe uh tends to oh, yeah. be very technical and in terms of timbre like the the willingness to just go to levels of like unmusical brutality is basically unparalleled elsewhere yeah i mean brutal death yeah i've i've heard to new standard style stuff basically referred to as blasting sickness it's like your your brain is a whirlwind from snares tuned tighter than you would think is physically possible Oh, and, well, Balsabub in particular have the yeah. most infamous snare sound in yeah, the style, I, mean, sick- I think. <laughs> yeah, sickness of the Holy Inquisition is, I, I would say, you know, the most surface-level take people get away from it is, wow, that snare. The, the, like, the, the production of that record is, like, 50% snare by volume. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's, like, it's like an empty soup can. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. Um, taking the ping to a new level. Um, so, no, but now we got famine, um, and uh, you know, it's it's definitely easy to say this is more of the same. Um, it, it is to a certain degree, but I would say that there has been development. I don't think it's development you're going to hear very easily unless you're versed in this style. But there's something about these tracks that are. It, actually kind of more song-like than Balsabub was before. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think, I think, you know, one, one thing I, you know, even though I've listened to a ton of brutal death metal at this point, I still have trouble differentiating like certain songs. Like if you just played a song off of like the, for example, just like the sickness of the Holy Inquisition, could I, could I meaningfully tell apart two different songs? It's hard for me. But yeah, uh, on basically. famine, they definitely, yeah, they have they have more of their own character. Yeah, you basically get the uh, you have the sample in Death by Boiling to tell you that it's the first track. And yeah, and, and that's the 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 actual purpose of samples in brutal death metal is to signify here is the next track. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but no, yeah, fam- famine ac- yeah actually has like songwriting chops beyond here is my blast here is my slams yeah it's interesting they haven't really pared back the brutality but they've oh no they've centered these tracks around distinct core ideas and these are very short songs these are all between a minute and a half and like two and a half minutes but i think that's almost an asset to these guys i mean like if you think about it most of the stuff in the style uh, a lot of songs are based around a specific transition, a cool idea they want to get to. So in 
in the interest of accentuating that, they've kind of pared away everything around those big moments. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, resulting in these kind of like grind tracks based around hitting this apex very quickly. Yeah. And if you can't, yeah, because like if you just, okay, we got this really cool, you know, transition, this really cool big riff. But like the more and more you keep coming to that big riff, is it as big and cool as it was before? I mean, oftentimes, yes, but like <laughs> the. But, but when you're dealing with, with stuff with this, yeah. this like insanely high impact battering quality, maybe less is more. Oh, yeah, because because it, it it's the contrast. It singles it out. If it's only there one part in the song, then the song's over because it was like two minutes long. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, speaking of two minute songs, uh, you got the uh, you got the first one. So uh, what do we got here? We got Public Flaying of the Martyr. Those are some discernible riffs for me. Yeah, they're they're actually <laughs> yeah they're they're pretty readable, and I think that um, in general, once you get past you know the snare volume and stuff, Balsabub's riffs tend to be more readable than a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 honestly, and and I mean this in the nicest way possible. It's honestly kind of accessible. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a, there's a legitimate kind of micro hook there. Just that 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 dizzying little down, down, down run, you know? Yeah, in that that kind of like syncopated grooviness to it, it's I, I think with uh, less so slam, but more just like the typical blasting, like how you guys talk about the 16th note runs a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can, you know, I mean, even for the black metal guy, he even said that was kind of the hardest for him on like, uh, last year's, uh, exterminated, right? Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. the Philippines. Yeah. That, that some of those 16th note runs are like a impenetrable wall where these guys, it's kind of, you know, here's some 16th notes, a little bit of like half slam 16th, a little bit of groove slam, you know, back and forth weaving them together 
so you get a more approachable but still fast uh, uh, riff and and phrase you know without yeah. without sacrificing momentum to slow down and do your slam section yeah well i think that what you see there is that so obviously this entire style of nse brutal death is basically derived directly from brodequin but oh yeah i feel like balsapub has stayed closer to that route than most other bands on nse oh like, yeah Bro- brodequin yeah they're they're just they're more recognizably comparable to Brodequin songs, especially in terms of just you know overall riffing style. Because like the secret of Brodequin and Balsabub to a lesser degree is like on guitar it's actually pretty simple. It's very fast, but it's actually very straightforward stuff. It's just the music in aggregate is so chaotic, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I think people see especially like the first Brodekin record as being more impenetrable just because it, it the recording you know the the audio quality wasn't as clear oh yeah Fest- blended festival together. of death is rough yeah <laughs> and like i i love that album but yeah yeah same. definitely like the the first time i ever listened to it it was it was almost nonsense to me like oh this is so cool i can't hear what's happening though yeah that's 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 like what uh that's more comparable to something like excoriation. Or something. Yeah, which which I think, yeah, new standard elite bands have definitely moved in the direction of that idea being like, oh, let's have this impenetrable wall of blasting. Um, when you know, without with with some cleaned up and more audible uh, uh, audio quality, Brodequin wouldn't have been as. Uh, as impenetrable as as hard to breach sonically yeah and which is you know an essential part of what made it good well and the other thing is that like brodequin i think that riff by riff balsabub are a little bit more in touch with like normal death metal riffing oh absolutely yeah i mean these 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 riffs while a lot of them are you know very brutal death metal and the 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 slammy bits are definitely slams and there's a lot of chromaticisms it's still there's there's the uh, the melody um is is much more closer to like something you could see off an old school death metal album like something like you know incantation or morbid angel yeah they're they're not doing like not not one-to-one but yeah no definitely but like they're not doing like the weirdo technical flourishes where like everything is caked in pinch harmonics oh yeah bizarre high cording and (laughs) shit like that yeah it's it's and you know it's uh it helps with that intelligibility for sure yeah uh, and speaking of intelligibility, so my sample is off of Scavenger's Daughter, which is the track that uh, we got on the demo back in 2018. Yeah, it was it was just called Scavenger's Daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And there was there was one more track on that. I think that was a re-recording off their first EP from like it was though. the Great Plague. Yeah. So that yeah, that's just off their first EP, EP the Great Plague. Yeah. Um, in 2013. Yeah, that was their very first release. And yeah. then, uh, so Scavenger's Daughter, this is going to be really simple and straightforward. You've got this big kind of hyperblast sequence into this series of breakdowns. But what makes this band special, as I always say to the black metal guy when we're covering this kind of music, it's all in the details and the nuances. Just, uh, there's a bunch of things to listen for, but the big one is listen to how they lurch into this second riff with this sort of... Um, 
triplet off time thing before it snaps back onto sequence, and uh, it's a it's it's a pleasure. <laughs> Half of the reason I listen to the style is for like intricate snare syncopation tricks. Oh yeah, well then that's you know once again that comes back to like the groove the 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 paradoxical funkiness of brutal death metal. Oh yeah, I mean Jesus Christ, that transition where he's just laying into that almost like samba inspired all yeah, off time well, snare rhythm. It's oh, like God, <laughs> it's like a it's like a funk break. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, there's. I I always point that out to people on slam shit. It's like the coolest slam drumming is always that kind that really leans into the funk. You know that that's. Oh yeah, it's it's like uh, it swings it a little, like with the what you're saying with the three fifty seven homicide. Yeah, yeah. The the bits where it kind of swings with it. Oh yeah. So three fifty seven had that insanely exaggerated timing. Like they were like (laughs) almost falling off the bar. They would swing shit so hard. Um, (laughs) But then you know another thing to notice here um, that I want to put. We've kind of talked about it, and we'll talk about it a lot more when we talk about the uh, the next record of the night. Mm -hmm. Is how this is a drummer band in a way. Yes. Um, I obviously love the riffs. They're really cool, but this is really focused on the drumming. And this is an impressively musical performance for, uh, like, a drum performance in this style. Yeah, I mean, you got to imagine just as the note density increases and as the speed increases, it becomes harder and harder to really make the drums sing. But this guy pulls it off. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think more than a lot of other kinds of death metal, brutal death metal lends itself to being more easily a drum forward band. I mean, we have the lineage of Flo Mornier, you know, <laughs> kind of setting the standard of, okay, this, these is, this is essentially virtuo- like virtuoso drumming going on with this music. And, uh, and, and because, you know, a lot of times there are bands that end up just kind of making riff spaghetti, um, and, and you end up with like a, a body music 
it's it's more it's almost like electronic dance music like the more intense like hardcore but that it's it's percussive it's rhythmic you feel it you don't always just hear it All right, next up we have Negleria Fowleri, Dissolved in Substance, which is an independent release on Bandcamp. Um, this is essentially, yeah, it's a gore, it, this is a gore noise record. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, you know, I, I had my reservations with the tag. I thought, no, nah, it's, it's not as much of a wall 
as you know last days of humanity but after listening to it in full it's gore noise <laughs> well, I think, that's <laughs> i think that's an interesting discussion in and of itself because like i wrote in the notes that i think if you went back 15 years this would be gore grind but, oh yeah i mean be uh, 15 years ago gore noise i i mean i didn't see the the term gore noise get thrown around um i don't know maybe till like four four years ago maybe like more often like i i had always heard it as a term related specifically to last days of humanity but then i started seeing other bands be referred to as gore noise too yeah it's the its use as a term of art has really become a lot bigger i remember i used to buy gore noise tapes from like little distros back like 10 years ago um, but then it was like a niche of a niche of a niche. Um, <clears throat> it took a while oh, for yeah. it to be like kind of recognized as a term. Um, but I'd also say that like, I think gore grind, as we understood the term had more tolerance for super noisy stuff like this back in the day. And now gore noise has just become, Oh, this is where we put everything that sounds like LDOH. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I mean, the, you know, gore, gore grind. What what is gore grind versus like, you know, various forms of death grind and stuff can sometimes be a little iffy for me. Because I mean, if you look at if you look at like the first two Carcass records, and then you look at like Dead Infection, mm-hmm. it's they're similar, but they're not the same. I mean, I but, argue that most, yeah, most gore grind does not actually sound like Carcass anymore. Yeah, and I mean, there's some bands that kind of go after the whole Carcass thing. Like, I'd say um, a really big band from last year, that Pharmacist record, yeah, which I know I you said. the same thing. Yeah, you said it didn't uh, hit for you as much. I rather enjoyed it. But um, yeah, like Pharmacist definitely reaches back at the Carcass thing. Or like some bands like uh, General Surgery mm-hmm. or uh, infamously County Medical Examiners. <laughs> um, <laughs> of of It did turn out in the end, one of them was an actual doctor. He was like a friend of one of their fathers or something who played bass. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, it turned out it was all a one-man project by that dude from Cretan, right? <sighs> something like that. Yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't know that deep into it but yeah but basically like i i can name a lot more bands that don't sound like carcass than do sound like carcass that are gore grind and a lot of them do verge closer to gore noise than than not yeah and you know i mean i guess to describe it i mean this is the first time we've really had gore noise on the show period Oh, well, so, the, the black metal guy would forbid it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I think he would, <laughs> he, he, it would definitely be a case of like, I'm never going to listen to this again, but I respect the conceit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the more I think about it, you know, it induced was musical more than this, but it kind of had gory vocals and it was pretty blasty. So I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't hate it. Yeah, so, and then I guess to describe it to people who haven't heard that term on the show, gore noise refers to, yes, there are instances of bizarre tapes from the 90s that we would now call gore noise, but gore noise basically begins with putrefaction in progress by uh, LDOH, Um, and really it is just gore grind played as noise music. 
fundamentally. Uh, yeah. You know, just take all the constituent elements of Gorgrind, turn them to 11, and don't worry about riffs anymore. It's all about timbre. Yeah, yeah. You you take, you know, you're making harsh noise. You have all your various oscillators. Instead of that, you have a guitar and you bash on it as hard and fast as you can. <laughs> or or in the case of this and a lot of gore noise, probably just a bass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to me, I, I think I mentioned it, it. It reminds me of uh, specifically the record um, Tokyo Anal Dynamite by the Gero Gere Gege Oh, man. Because that's... <laughs> it's essentially like they're playing like guitars, but it's so loud and so fast and so frantic that the recorded album is harsh noise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's essentially, <laughs> yeah. You're playing harsh noise with actual instruments rather than you know uh, uh, a loop of oscillators and distortion pedals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think in terms of um, what this reminds me of the most, just in terms of gore noise, is a project that not a lot of people know. One called Internally Mutilated. Um, they did some tapes back in the day that were just outstanding. It was a, a two, two or three man thing. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the, I believe the drummer committed suicide. So wow. it ended like that, but if you can, Oh yeah, I think I, you, you had mentioned this before they had like a demo from like the nineties, right? Uh, or something. I don't think they, I think they might have had projects that were rooted in the nineties, but internally mutilated itself, I believe started in the two thousands, but you know, anyone who does gore noise has 60 projects and it's like impossible <laughs> to tell who was in anything. Oh, yeah, at any given time. It's, you know, if there wasn't a pristine uh, recording of who was who. Yeah, exactly. And everyone has 20 different pseudonyms and shit. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's it's the same energy as like figuring out like Les Legions Noir shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so and the big thing about internally mutilated that is relatable here, which makes them unusual for gore noise is the presence of a real life drummer, which is the yes. I would say that the crux of Niglaria Fowleri. Yeah, well, no, this, the, to me, this is a, this band is a drummer with textures to back him up. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. that, it's basically that. This is a, this is a dude going ham on drums with, with crunchy, harsh textures and gurgling to, yeah. uh, act, to accent his going ham. Yeah. So I'll play a track real quick called The Fusion of Rotten Flesh. And so my, my theory is that this music is built in layers. This guy will play a drum track just like as fast and as extreme as possible. And then he's layering everything else kind of improvised after that. Um, because like some of the, the, the rhythm and tempo changes that are occurring, you just can't write, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so let's listen to this yeah, one. Yeah, it's it. We'll listen to this one and listen for this the insane like blast timing switch that happens right at the beginning, and that is the essence of what makes this whole thing so cool. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> he's doing yeah. like the Gornoy's version of like a like a, a glam rock song ender. You know? Yeah, that that's that's his um his like three uh like two minute we're gonna bash on the drums and kind of shred on the guitar slowly wind down <laughs> do it some more but he's just you know the gurgle slowly slows down and uh yeah. <laughs> and he's just going wild on the on the cymbals yeah so like i said like the, that's a that's one of those few things that's like a specific gore grind technique that like blast shift that he does there that's like directly yeah. from ldoh they would do that kind of thing a lot and it's like it, it's it's I don't even know how to describe it in like musical terms. It's a a strange. It's I think I think it's. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's to do with the what what's being emphasized. So I mean, back to just just using like a swing as a concept to illustrate this. A swing and then like a regular straight rhythm are both in four four, but that straight rhythm is one two three four. The swing is one, two, three, four. So I feel like by simply kind of changing the emphasis on like what part of the blast is on what beat of the measure, not that there's exact measures going on here. Who knows? <laughs> but 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 I feel like just by swapping the emphasis by even one note, the blast changes. Yeah, it's it's this like up or downbeat inversion technique yeah but like combined with an extended fill that makes it sound so fucking crazy and then you're compressing it so hard because you're playing it like 300 beats a minute um you know yeah yeah it's, yeah, cool. it's like it's like oh good it's kind of like viscera and fest <coughs> yeah viscera yeah. and fest does a lot of those like weird beat inversion techniques yeah i mean i guess they I guess they're more like brutal death metal and gore grime, but I think I think that's yeah. But once you yeah, start playing yeah. at that speed, that like, yeah, and I mean notorious for yeah, and and especially like the fills, the fills are short, but with how fast the songs are going, it feels like they're they take forever. <laughs> like yeah. like it, it's almost like every fill is a weird little drum solo, yeah. and that's sick. It's so awesome. What do you got? What do I got? So I have micro world killer. This one, this I, I, you know, with an album or well EP like this, that's kind of so monolithic, uh, just like one thing for like 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. This was the one section where I thought I might, might have heard a riff. <laughs> I kind of get what you mean. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm I'm hearing like kind of a descending like and may, and once again with how muddled it is, 
it might just be like a psychological perception thing where my brain's filling in blanks to make sense of what's going on. But I swear I hear it. <laughs> no, no, it's it's possible. I mean, it's kind of like um, when uh, you and I have talked about it. But then when me and the black metal guy did that bonus episode where we covered molesting the decapitated, um, mm-hmm. talking about how some of the riffs on that record aren't really riffs. They're they're kind of like this a gesture of a certain movement. Like there's there's yeah, a, there's a rhythm and the pitch is going up and down, but hitting the right fret doesn't really matter because it's all. Sequence. Yeah, it's it's less about a specific sequence of notes and it's about the direction you're going. Absolutely. So that's why, like, I don't know the exact notes going there, but I know that he's kind of doing a downward motion. Yeah. And, and, honestly, and that's cool. What, what makes <laughs> this so cool is that, like you can imagine moshing to this. Like you can actually kind of headbang to this shit in the way that you can't a lot of the like totally gorked, like cybered out. Oh yeah. Stuff. It would, it would be like, you know, trying to bang your head to like harsh noise wall. You can do it, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense <laughs> here. It actually does. He, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you can cool. feel it. It's, it's definitely more body music. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say what makes this distinct from other gore noise and makes it worth your time is that in the pursuit of extremity, it has not sacrificed the body music quality. That oh yeah. And part of it. And I think that's why in the beginning, I almost, at first I wasn't sure if it was gore noise. Because it, it it felt musical enough for for at parts, but uh, I mean at the end of the day, it's not. That's but it, it's it's reaching at it where most score noise just uh, nothing at all. That's that's the ultimate description. Musical enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Punk ass nigga, nigga, you ain't shit. Talking all that shit, all you is just mouth and bullshit. Tell him, see that? All you fucking do is warn your goddamn mouth. Oh, hey. Nigga, you ain't finna do shit. Nothing. Man, you just talking bullshit. Nigga, I'll kill your ass like that. Fuck what you say, nigga. It don't be shit. Fuck what you say. Fuck nigga.
everybody we we're through our uh, super fast ep section and now we're at the meat of the episode the the uh, delicious crunchy marrow that you're all looking for um but real quick before we get to it we, we got to do our housekeeping you know you can follow me the death metal guy on social media uh on facebook at terminus podcast and follow the curiously absent black metal guy on instagram at terminus extreme metal Additionally, if you're really, really stoked about what you're hearing here, the the rare occasion that this will be, if you're a, uh, a gore noise guy, you can uh, subscribe to us on Patreon or Subscribestar. $3 and up gets you access to the Terminus Prime bonus episodes, and $5 and up gets you access to the private Discord server, where uh, we arrange little occasions like this. Uh, Hyper Shaman, our, uh, our guest host today, is originally a denizen of the discord server so think of it this way boys if you give us a bunch of money over time you too can become a harried underpaid intern of terminus possibly (laughs) but uh uh now we got a record to talk about so uh 
ladies and gentlemen, a, a specter is haunting brutal death metal. How many times have I used this bit now? <laughs> a specter is haunting brutal death metal. It's a specter called Enmity, a little known brutal death band from uh, Arizona who uh, have sort of paradoxically become one of the most influential brutal death metal bands of all time. Um, their influence has been felt throughout the style over the years in many different ways, but it's really not until now that we've heard a full-fledged, detailed attempt to clone Enmity. But now we have it with a two-piece band out of Panama, of all places, called Intestinal Engorgement, with their full, first full-length record, Putrefying Consumption of Dismemberment. Uh, out now on Amputated Vein Records, who, of course, also released uh, some of the Enmity material back in the day. And uh, Hyper Shaman, uh, we've talked about Enmity on the show a couple times, but how would you describe Enmity to people who don't listen to this kind of music? <laughs> it's... It's... To, to me, uh, Enmity sounds like samples of, of brutal death metal sequenced together over a drum machine. It's, it's almost like, and I, I kind of said this about this album too, in the notes that it sounds like you have those AI that will sample a large swath of like a certain kind of image or, or type of writing or something. And we'll try and recreate examples of it. This is like, if you fed an AI, every brutal death metal album, and it tried to recreate brutal death metal from that, <laughs> it would sound like enmity. It's, it's, it's some of the most unnatural inhuman music music. Is it? Yeah, big we'll get question to that. There. <laughs> that's that's the question, but it's it's. I have never seen a neutral or like uncaring opinion about someone who is list from someone who has listened to Enmity. It is either the most loved or most hated band. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's fascinating the sort of <coughs> weird cultural cachet that Enmity has gained over the years. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Enmity only ever put out one full-length record called Illuminations of Vile Engorgement. Um, and it is this mammoth thing that really... <laughs> I mean, we call it brutal death metal, but it doesn't actually sound like anything else. It, it, it's a this wholly unique beast unto itself that sort of like gore noise takes brutal death metal technique and creates purely timbral music out of it. Yeah. Like, it's like, I, I believe I've said like to you before something like brutal death metal as music concrete. Yeah. It's like you're, it's just, it's, it's, it sounds. Yeah. Sounds. And it's like almost like devoid of, kind of devoid of rhythm in the the greater sense. I mean, it, it's immediately on a grid, but riffs do not start or end at logical times. Yeah, the, ri the riff, there's rhythm, but it's not rhythm in the way that it, it doesn't ever really repeat itself. There's no repetition, so is it really a rhythm, or are you just noticing fluctuations? Yeah, and then when it comes to... <laughs> 
I've I think we've both probably listened to that enmity record, you know, hundreds of times. Um, can you hear oh, yeah. a riff on that record? Like, d- does anything <sighs> happening on the guitar make sense at all? It's it's once again, it's it's like gore noise. Uh, there's times where I think my brain is just trying to fill in the blanks. So because it's so close, I I would I can't make it out. I can't make out any any noticeable phrases or musical sequences. It's just it's just noise coming from a guitar. Yeah, and it's it's especially fascinating because it seems like there's very little historically any communication with the guys in enmity i i've heard tell that there's a couple interviews out there but i think it was before illuminations um because like some of the earlier stuff like you know vomit forth intestinal excrements is a little bit more like brutal death metal like you can tell there's mm-hmm. kind of music there <laughs> that's been distorted beyond recognition um so it's like, you know, Enmity comes out of nowhere, releases this thing. I don't even know if I can call it an album, this monstrosity. <laughs> a uh, performance art. Oh, yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like it's like some of the the most abstract art the metal scene has ever produced. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. So, so this is a long way around saying Intestinal Engorgement here is the first band, I think, that has consciously attempted to recreate every salient aspect of enmity like over on metal archives one of the guys is wearing an enmity shirt and oh yeah look at that i i've, I've seen <laughs> little bits about them talking about it's like yeah this is supposed to be enmity worship um now plenty of brutal death bands since illuminations came out have incorporated aspects of what enmity is doing mm-hmm. but aspects can be broken out and incorporated into music this is the first yeah like i've i've heard putridity referenced a lot as like oh they're trying to take enmity and make it uh like more tangible more musical but even then like it's 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 not one-to-one yeah it's not one-to-one it's like even if they incorporate enmity putridity still at the end of the day is like more like malignancy you know yeah like there's there's technical flourish to Putridity's music. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're fucking astounding. I, I love that band. I got to oh yeah, them, I got to see them live one time. I don't know how the fuck they play that stuff in real life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the the only things I could say are similar in the sentiment, but not similar at all sonically. Would be like Encenathrac, just from be from the chaos yeah. from the the the. I mean, well. They, There's no it's way allegedly exists uh, without improbity. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, like maybe Neanderthals coming from just absolutely bizarre, brutal death metal. Yeah, Neanderthals. I would say that something that gets at the essence of enmity while sounding nothing like it is. Oh yeah, no, yeah, sound is is almost opposite. Like it's not. It's not. I see Neanderthals as more sparse where enmity is a straight up brick wall of sound. Yeah. Well, I, I meant um, that in terms of a, uh, artery eruption. 
Yeah. You have that yeah. same abstract music concrete thing going on. Yeah. But approached from the opposite direction of just like sparseness and slowness. Oh yeah. It's it's where 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 enmity is full on maximalist. You have artery eruption, which is, you know, two two guys banging out the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> new new one coming on Ossuary Industries, dude. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, uh, I'd, I it was surprising. I had no idea when you mentioned that. I mean, I know I, I think I brought to attention that Mueller, that Moeller band, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Christian slam band, um, which was interesting because I know you mentioned you didn't think he'd ever do music again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and now they're straight up just coming back to artery eruption. That's wild. Oh, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I, I'm really excited about that. But, um, okay, so we can talk about this more, but let's play a sample so people know what, yeah, the, for what, sure. what the homogenous material of this record is. <laughs> the, the, fab, the fabric of sound. <laughs> All right, so here I got um, just, like, just around like a minute of exhumed guttural limbs and uh, really listen... And I mean, as as you said, this may be representative of the entire, like everything on the album, but really focus in on those vocals and see if something seems a little off. As I said in the notes, I don't think that's physically possible for the voice to do. There, there's well, there's obviously <laughs> like crazy layering going on. There's a, like yeah. there's parts where there's like three vocal tracks all at the same time. But like there, there are sections there where you'll have like one part of that sound, and then all of a sudden, rapid cut to like a different level volume wise and different timbre with like no 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 glissando or 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 like vocal fricative or anything in between it it's it's to me it sounds like when you have two uh uh, uh bits of audio in like a daw digi- digital audio workstation and there's no fade between them and it just cuts rapidly from one to the other that's totally and, believable yeah. Yeah, and I I I it's I think either they had him just like okay, here make make noises into the microphone for like 10 minutes straight and we're just going to like rearrange it to make it sound cool or I know you mentioned something along the lines of like doing small sections of the song at a time or something along that line. Well, basically I extrapolated off what you said of the idea of like these <laughs> 
these kind of like hard cuts and shit, this kind of cut and paste methodology with the vocals. But I think that probably applies to most of the music on this. Yeah. And, and, and after, after, um, seeing you wrote that, I kind of went back and looked at it and I go, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can believe that. Like it's, it's a little harder to tell with like the guitar drums just because with, with that guitar tone and just with the nature of percussion, mm-hmm. everything's a lot more, um, uh, there's more of an impulse. It's not like a, a drawn out sound like vocals. So I think I just latched onto the vocals first because it was easier to notice. Yeah. Yeah. That, but yeah, yeah I, I could see yeah. this as being like a quilt of brutal death metal. <laughs> yeah. But like about with the drums, you can kind of hear it in, um, about the only, I mean, the only transitives you're going to hear in the drums are some of the symbols. I think this was probably recorded on an electronic kit. Um, okay. The, yeah, these aren't, um, I don't think this is a drum machine. There's certain. No, no. Weird. I don't think so either. I, that never even came into my mind actually. But they do appear to be sampled in yes, some way. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm wondering if these songs are made by these guys just doing kind of these micro songs, like almost grind style, patched together 30 seconds and then just sticking these things end to end, like a handful of sections at a time and just kind of arbitrarily deciding their songs. In that is, you know, that's, that's completely believable and it's extremely cool. Um, I, I love it. You know, it's, <laughs> I, and, and yeah, and actually you bringing the word grind up into it, I could totally hear one of those little sections just as, you know, here's my, you know, 23 second grind song. Uh, yeah. Well, but I, you string them together and all of a sudden you have enmity. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, we, I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy that's like, I mean, we've seen these people on the internet plenty that it's Ugh. like, okay, we've, we've reached, you know, the apex. We can't really go further or more extreme. Um, I think in a sense, we kind of have just in the mode of like conventional metal or rock songwriting, mm-hmm. like what we can get out of just that we've probably hit. However, if we start changing the methodology in which we write things, um, uh, you know, using the technology we have available to us, we can get further. We can get more extreme. You know. Absolutely, and this this is it. I mean, if 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 we are right, and this is like a a an organization of essentially like micro songs or samples, this is like melding more traditional styles of experimental music, like once again the the music concrete idea, where you have these non musical sounds and you arrange them in time. Yeah, and it, and so now you're taking these micro segments of gesture sound that's gesturing at music, or at least der- originally, you know, derived from a style of music, brutal death metal, and you're arranging them in time. Therefore, ch- yeah, completely changing how they're doing their songwriting. Yeah, you're kind of unlocking the sounds from the physical performance. Exactly. You, well, you're, you're unlocking them from the sequence, you know, music being something that exists in time, moving through 
time and you're essentially saying well so i played this guitar this riff here then the, this riff comes after that but what if these riffs can actually be wherever i want them to be it doesn't matter when i actually play them yeah no i, I mean it's kind of like uh when we were hanging out last night on the server and we were talking about noism i think that's one of the first bands that's kind of as far as something generally like brutal death that's fully decoupled those ideas Oh yeah, and I even this I could, I can see this having some sort of a bizarre kinship with breakcore. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just and, from the fact that it feels very rapid and cutty. Yeah. Start start stop with a lot of the parts. Um, and that yeah, and I think that's that I would be super interested to see more bands try stuff like this using using the editing process. As part of your songwriting. Uh, yeah, as being an instrument, you know. Yeah, to it, like just as another another way to further d d manipulate your sound. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to start incorporating and taking seriously stuff like extreme electronic music, you can't just take the tones and leave the process behind. Oh, absolutely. You at see the sequence sequencing samples and sounds is so key yeah absolutely um so let me do let me do a sample yeah. off uh mutilate and eviscerate um so what we've been talking about let's concentrate on the idea of the cut up idea and also at the beginning of the song maybe giving credence to the whole like stitch together micro song idea um, you're actually going to hear the same riff repeated four times. So let's let's pay attention to it and see what happens. <laughs> So yeah, we were we were talking while playing that sample, and I think you and I both heard obvious cuts, not oh, yeah. just in the vocals, but in the rest of the music as well. Yeah, there was something around like 
uh, around the eight minute mark mark exactly where it, it it just sounded like once again like two audio tracks back to back no fade yeah you can you like can hear the a clicks, sudden you know yeah like an a sudden jump from one sound to the other with like n- nothing connecting the two yeah yeah um, there's there's no yeah. no kind of transitional phases on a lot of these i think that i think this might just be purely kind of studio made i don't i don't know if there was even writing as we understand it done for this they might have just gotten in front of the daw and made this record yeah i mean yeah like here you know the guitarist just plays a string of brutal death metal ideas and they maybe like just have like one master track they just cut and pull from (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, and a, 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 yeah. Well, you pointed out how I had said that one of the only moments of repetition is that first riff, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote, that is played four times in the same sequence. And you said that might yeah. be exactly the same thing, just copied and pasted it, four times. They, it sounds incredibly the same all four <laughs> times, like like sound for sound, exact same timbre. Um. And yeah, and I mean, considering the way everything else is on this record, I I'm absolutely totally ready to believe they just copy pasted one two three four, which which is especially fascinating because now with this idea in our heads, we have to retroactively think about enmity. Was enmity yeah, done in the same I, way? And that yeah, and 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 the more we talk about this, I I'm probably tomorrow. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah Sam. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be listening to Illuminations tomorrow and, and just, just be like, like, "Is it? Is that what's going on?" Because I mean, it's well, and as we said, you know, who knows if it's actually them? It's allegedly, you know, just the two guys. They looked fairly young. They they could have just it could have been one of those genius from ignorance things where they're like, "Oh, well, we kind of messed up our parts here and here. I don't know. Okay, we'll just cut the good parts together." Yeah, which is fascinating. Like, <laughs> I mean, there, it worked. There's no indication that Enmity ever played live. You know? Oh, so, I no. I as yeah. As far as I know, I don't think. I think it was literally they had you know the the handful of little demos, EPs, and then one album, and they're gone. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's fascinating. You know, it's it's really cool to think about this because this whole idea of constructing music in this way is so in a sense, antithetical to heavy metal. But, you know, which which is obsessed with this kind of, like, verisimilitude and, like, authenticity of performance, whatever that oh, is. Oh, yeah. Especially any, anything, you know, and especially it, it, it's more so with, you know, older dudes, I think. But there's definitely this kind of heavy metal cultural meme thing of of musicianship and virtuosity you know the whole idea of like oh this guy's the best the best guitarist uh this guy's the best of this best that i remember in like high school i was in jazz band and one of the drummers was uh super into um I i don't remember if it was like if he was really into a lot of extreme metal but he was into like a lot of thrash and whatever you know radio friendly metal but um whenever the concept of a drum machine was brought up he'd get all like whiny and pissy like (laughs) drum machines are the worst thing ever it's an insult to real drummers i would i would never listen to music that uses a drum machine like he'd get so upset 
you know, and I think, but it's like, if you want to pursue something truly unique and, and at the same time being extreme, you, you need to start, you know, looking at ways we can bring extreme electronics with extreme metal. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about that on the show a lot of the time about, you know, it it feels like just now over the past few years, the, the average metalheads understanding of electronic music has kind of caught up to where it needed to be. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and beyond just stuff like, you know, harsh noise and stuff, but I mean, like I've recently started to listen like, uh, uh, you know, Dutch Gabber music, Mm. that stuff's hard. Oh, it's heavy as like, fuck, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, you can sit there and just, like, zone out and get pummeled for, like, an hour to these mixes. And I think, you know, they're, they're like, the electronic dance music and extreme metal have a kinship. You know, yeah. it's you have these, these genres with heavy community, heavy genre distinctions, you know, the, the joke is anytime you change a beats per minute, you know, you You have have a new new genre (laughs) of, you know, and, and I think there's a lot that they can take from each other. Yeah. And I, I think we're finally arriving at the point where, I mean, obviously there were isolated instances in the past where they really got it, how these things interacted, but I think now Mm -hmm. that's becoming more accessible to the average musician and as a result we're getting shit that is incorporating the best of both styles to and honestly it's mostly by guys who are trying to increase brutality oh absolutely i mean yeah look at this thing (laughs) this is like this is insane (laughs) this is i mean what is someone someone in the discord like was just uh, the guitar tone alone is other (laughs) is unworldly I can't wait to, uh, after hearing this, I can't wait to go to the next show at my local bar and, like, instead of seeing the first three bands, I just play this at deafening volume, like, (laughs) white knuckle gripping my steering wheel with all the windows down in the parking lot, you know? Is that, is is people walking by, is he okay? And the answer is no, no, I'm not okay, dude. Uh, oh shit all right all right what, what we got what we got all right so my the my next sample is putrid vaginal sores and uh just like i wrote in the notes i i don't really i i feel like i because of the very like the nature of this album is it's a lot of the same material mm-hmm uh, I don't really have anything exciting to say about this. I just think it's neat. <laughs> Let's do it.
Yeah. I, I <coughs> So so we were just talking about trying to A B test the pinch harmonic sequences you hear there. Those kind of flurries of harmonics. Mm-hmm. And see if they are unique performances and you think they are right yeah well there were there was so there were two right between like i think it was like 15 20 or something 15 minutes 20 seconds in where there's one that was like yeah and then something and like it like went up and then down a little yeah but so so those two a little different oh no but but then they get repeated yeah but yeah so i i yeah, I, I, I think that those pinch harmonics very likely are reused. Well, and and then the the other thing, you know, it's like it's such a stupid thing that I didn't even think about. It's like it's entirely possible that like whole sections of this, like riffs, or it's entirely possible this thirty minute album is like ten minutes of recording per instrument, just rearranged. Yeah, in yeah. I guess I guess it never hit me that they could have that like a same five seconds of guitar could be on multiple songs. I didn't, yeah, why not? I mean, if we're we're already breaking down the entire idea of like conventional metal writing, like why would it be restricted to copy pasting within one song? It could be copy pasting. I I mean, yeah, the material of this record is so fucking homogenous. You couldn't tell. Yeah, I see that it uh, it makes me really want to go in and like close listen and go like full schizo mode trying yeah, to avoid yeah, like, dude. okay, okay, at like two minutes and 30 seconds, there's a section that's like this. And then there's one that's also similar. But I mean, I, I don't want to destroy myself. Well, no, and <laughs> I, I do I do kind of want to like stress to people just because we spent a lot of time on this idea. Th- this is not us like trying to like prove what they did i think if that's the methodology that's awesome i think oh yeah i am i'm all for it i think i mean it's it's a fascinating idea there's a lot of things about brutal death metal songwriting that have been beaten to death so if someone's out here doing this that's awesome yeah that's absolutely sick i endorse it and encourage it yeah, it's like this is this is such a niche of a niche that very few oh, people yeah. are going to be able to stomach. Why not just totally play with the methodology of how we make this music? Yeah, and I mean the 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 whole original impulse of brutal death metal is we're going to get we're going to take this and we're going to get wilder with it. We're going to get more extreme. So what's like any anything, you know, it, this is Brutal death metal is utilitarianist, utilitarianist in that any whatever serves the purpose of increasing brutality, whatever, whatever action creates the most brutality (laughs) is what is good. Yeah, exactly. It's like the the entire purpose. It's in the title of brutal death metal is to maximize brutality. Exactly. So let's if if we get the best possible clip of our guitarist doing this like way too fast kind of like open note palm mute shuffle. If we've got the best possible version of that, yeah, let's copy paste that fucker all over. Yeah, exactly. Why 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 try you know, he has reached the most extreme version of this. Why risk, you know, trying to get him to recreate that on multiple songs? Well yeah, it's kinda like um Like we I don't can... have no we, we ain't got time for that. We live in Panama. <laughs> 
it's it's kind of like what I talk about regarding um uh, the the idea of uh, sort of melodic vocabulary in black metal riffing. It's like, yeah, of course we've been ripping off Dark Throne and Mayhem and Immortal Riffs for God knows how many years. But that's because they found the ideal forms of these riffs. Yeah, exactly. I, oh my God. I, I, if you're, if you're like not, you know, quote unquote stealing riffs, are you really doing it right? Yeah. No, it's like, cause I mean, they're, the reason you love those bands is be you know you, that someone loves a certain black metal band is because they have that those that sweet riff that you know you just love every time you hear it why wouldn't you want to write something like that yeah no absolutely you know, it's, it's 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 real understanding of uh, like the point of this shit yeah what was uh what black metal guys said one of originary versus original yes you know yes, yes. it's it's um you know, you have those originary bands and yeah, you want to use their riffs because they did, they, they figured it out. They, they did the work yeah, for you. They captured the <laughs> essence of something that you were trying to incorporate in a different idea. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I'm going to do one more sample. It, it's like, mm-hmm. it's almost pointless to sample this record. You know, yeah. That, that, well, that's why, that's why on the notes, I was just like, I don't, I, I don't know if I have anything more to say about this. It's, it's just, it's, 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 it's fun. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's fascinating in a sort of like meta construction way. Um, mm-hmm. So, so one more sample of a charmingly titled track called "Masturbating with Festering Bitches." <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude! I also love it. We need to keep that. We need to keep the alienating subject matter. Um, oh yeah, like well, like like uh, like you had said last night. Like we get mean. Yeah, get fucking mean with like, it. Like <laughs> it's it's brutal death metal. Be aggra- be be violent. Be mean. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Keep that cruelty up. Um, you know, that's the whole point. That's why devourment's so good. That's why I have some of the best lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to play this because like I, I mean it's just a cool section. This is I think some of the most impressive vocal cutting if we're assuming that it's kind of like cutting things together, like it's horribly layered and like grueling and extreme, like Mm -hmm. even for this record, it's one of the most severe parts vocally. And then before we wrap, I'll I'll get into some kind of, I guess we've already been there, but some kind of meta ideas about what makes this style in particular so interesting.
say, I, I think at oh. this point, I'm, I'm willing to say that we kind of cracked the code. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and even more so, I was just about to say that right at the end of the sample there, like, there's uh there's like a slam dun 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun that that it played and then it started playing again so i'm like okay i'm gonna really pay attention and it one to one that that was absolutely the same exact musical information one after another that's awesome that's yeah that's, that's fucking killer <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> this is so cool like i i I, I went into this album being like, okay, I started listening to it. Okay, yeah, that's cool. It's like Enmity, but the more it kind of started like unraveling into this idea of of the the patchwork construction, um, this is this is really cool. Oh, this is awesome. This is this is probably like year end list material for me. Like it's it's so yeah, I, I it's so fucking alienating, dude. Like it's oh yeah I mean this I mean honestly this is a pretty heavy episode Balzabub and this I I mean I know Balzabub's gonna be up there at the end of the year for me it's like but like there there's interesting choices made across this record like um there's no effects on these vocals I can tell um apart you know EQ no, and reverb so. or whatever but there's no like substantial vocal effects. And no, can, no, it's not. It's not like gore or nothing. Yeah, and you can tell that they are okay. So they're these inhaled gurgles delivered at a very mm-hmm. low volume, because mm-hmm. there's certain techniques with that kind of inhaled shit where you can't do them loud. Like you physically can't. They rely on these like very delicate kind of timbral adjustments. Yeah, no. If you if you try to do it louder, it won't. It it just it completely changes it. It starts getting more higher pitched and airy. Yeah, but then they pump up the volume on it so much that it's like you're listening to these almost <laughs> whispery gurgles at way too high a volume, which has its own unsettling quality. No, oh, yeah, it's like he's right up in your ear. Yeah, and there's also just <laughs> I I wrote I wrote in the notes, and again I want to I, I want to make it clear, this is a positive thing. Somehow, all these songs are 300 beats a minute, and they have a million riffs per song, and nothing happens. Oh yeah, these these guys achieve what uh what uh what's the the caretaker where he like wanted to make music <laughs> that's like dementia. These guys did it in one album. I can't remember any specific musical information off this album. It's, it's pure stasis. <laughs> it, 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 uh, it's, it achieves what those like hypnotic black metal records do, but in like a completely different way, it just becomes, Oh yeah. It becomes like the cover art. This just like endless nightmare <laughs> of like alien torture. It's it's it it's so far from anything we. I mean, I I think that's it. I think that what makes this so great, and I'll say that it's it's great music, is how alienating it is. It it has nothing to do with heavy metal. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what makes this remarkable is how removed it is from everything else. Like, um, in the same way that certain black metal is going just beyond heavy metal and beyond black metal itself, this is brutal death metal kind of going beyond itself. This this has nothing to do with having riffs. This has nothing to do... I mean, really, it doesn't have much to do with logic, period. 
it's just an arrangement of abrasive tones over time. And the only structure that remains is used to make it more barbaric. Yeah, and 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 as, as like as we said, that's some some of the most extreme electronic music is all about that that alienation, that inhumanness, that unrealness, and this this is the next weapon of mass destruction in the extremity war. Can't call me. 
what's up? I'm ready to roll. Pick up the switches, I'm ready to go. Step on the scene and I blow that hoe. Smoke with the double and then I flow out the dough. Ready to smoke out of the hole. Scenery kept calling, so my dog kept on rolling through my hood. So it's all good, doing my dirt, living so smooth. Last dance for mostly dead niggas ain't nice. All right, we are back with our final record of the night with the debut full length by Scum to Me titled Planet Terror out on End War Records. And we've talked about a lot of weird music this episode, but somehow this is probably the least extreme, but also maybe the weirdest record of the night. Like, how would you describe this music <laughs> well you know it's funny i was i was thinking about it. so i listened to this album uh dr- driving out to the university that i uh i take classes at and um it, i i what stuck with me is that that intro the intro track is like this weird like ooh welcome to the carnival kind of thing yeah. you know, like <laughs> like like spooky spooky sideshow kind of stuff and honestly that's a really apt intro this is this is like weird like carnival sideshow music kind of stuff like it's 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 there's no there's no baseline it's all oddities yes Yes, it's, <laughs> it's like there's an attempt to con- there's an attempt to construct a baseline that's kind of like slam death, but, yeah. But it's like the the ideas. So the lineup of this band is bizarre. There's three guitarists. Yeah, I that that was really weird because I'm listening to it and I'm like, there's three guitarists here. At no point where, does it sound like yeah, where, guitar lines. Where, where are the other two guitarists, dude? It's and so maybe it's like a situation where it's like it's so many cooks in the kitchen all just throwing out ideas, and everybody yeah. in the band is like almost too receptive to all of them. They're like, "Oh, fuck you know, yeah, let's do it, dude. That sounds cool." Let's yeah, just- no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like. It sounds like a bunch of dudes hanging out being like, oh, wouldn't it be like really funny if or like, wouldn't it be really sick if we like did this in this song? So it's like they just made entire songs out of like cool little like eccentric things. And I'm noticing here uh, the drummer was uh, is in oncology. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He, That's uh, cool. Yeah. So. uh that's Florin, right? Yeah. Florin yeah, Florin. Is, Florin's kind of a hired gun. He's like... Um, all right, all right. Florin is from Romania. 
and he'll <gasps> like he'll travel out to the rest of the Europe to record. Um, and uh, but basically, he's like an internet drummer. You know. He, oh, okay. No, yeah, and I mean, there, there's a lot of brutal death guys that do that. I mean, like, look at uh, Oscar Ortega's and like has been in like 50 different bands or whatever. Yeah. So it seems like the, <laughs> the rest of the band is in Germany, but then Yeah, and 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 I would assume they are the like creative direction which which I mean at this way it's it's like it's 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 like it's creativity without check. It's not being kept in check. <laughs> it's they, it's... they yeah, it's like a it's like the teenage version of creativity where it's just like you just want to do all the things that seem like really cool and interesting in the moment. Yeah, and it's also weird because just looking at the uh, the individual personnel on Metal Archives, these are uh, older guys than us. These are guys mostly in their late thirties to like forty years old, um, and yet, uh, you know. Most of these guys don't have like a ton of related bands behind them. I mean, that could just be an oversight oh, yeah. by people that don't know them. But it, it, a very strange confluence of ideas here. And the sense that I get is something to the effect of we've stumbled across a record here that is like a sort of slam equivalent of like a, a your local bar metal band. And it wasn't really intended to get out. Y- yeah, you know like, I mean? um, yeah. yeah, like, like you know, uh, dads form a rock band kind of thing. Yeah, or, like, I mean, I, I go to shows constantly. Like, I'm at yeah. a show basically every week or two at my local metal bar. And I hear a lot of stuff that is like this. But, you know, being, being in Florida, it's usually like death thrash. It's yeah, like yeah. Death thrash plus some like groove and metalcore. It's just everything kind of tossed in. Here, the uh, the baseline is an idea of slam death. Yes, yeah. It's 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 people. It's dudes who had never really done slam death before, who come in and they're like, "We're gonna do slam without like having a total understanding of it." It's fascinating. Oh yeah. It's It's really cool. It's, it's yeah. It's like listening to slam made from the outside. It's outsider slam. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's guys who they all like, here's what it is. They all like a lot of these same slam bands, but Mm -hmm. what they are individually taking away from that music is completely different. And that, that discussion was never had. (laughs) Yeah. So, so then they put together all these like really cool eclectic ideas and kind of forgot the, the core of the material. Yeah. It's like, it's like, as we were saying, weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like we were saying, there's like, there are there are riffs that are definitely slams rhythmically, but they don't sound like slam riffs. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's so strange. And I, I've got a little bit of experience with stuff a little bit like this because I lived in Germany for a while, where Scum mm-hmm. to Me is from. And there's a handful of bands that I saw when I was out there, kind of local, like like very popular locally, but I had never heard of before. Yeah. Um, these would be bands like uh, Boza Death, um, who are just like hometown hero guys who play kind of an odd variety of slam death or uh, 
incinerated flesh who are broken up now, but were very cool doing like slam death plus kind of psych rock stuff and just just oh. very these odd conceits for what a band should be. Um, oh, okay, yeah, that Boza Death out they they were on Rotten Roll Rex. That's a yeah, that that's a label I have some experience with. They do a lot of good gore grind. Yeah, Rotten Roll is great, but the thing is, like, Rotten Roll will also put out just some of these like local hometown hero bands. Yeah, and yeah, they, they never make it outside of Germany, really. Uh, <laughs> as far as people, not that it's not good. Boza Death is very good, but it just never really gets outside of Germany, you know, it's a, so it's like scum to me. It's like, it's one of these records where we weren't supposed to listen to this. This was just for people in their community. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's like music from the outside of slam looking in at slam and we're listening to it as outsiders also. Yeah, so it's and, like this double layer of of it, like uh, alienation from the source. Yeah, yeah, and and there's also um, another thing that I think is happening um, in a roundabout sense is it seems to be guys that really like brutal death and probably mm-hmm. have played some before, but they're also really into certain kinds of deathcore, and they're yes. approaching that from outside. Um, now you can you can imagine the deathcore guys that also like slam. You get something like ingested from that, mm-hmm. or but, like uh, Volvadinia. Yeah, yeah. But what happens when you flip that relationship mm-hmm. around? Well, then it's like okay, you got these guys that like brutal and slam death, but they also really like um, like analepsy and acrania and shit like that. Yeah. And they're like, how do we incorporate some of these ideas into our music? And the result is just such a weird fucking thing. But, okay, so let me play a sample. Um, Yes. Okay, the aesthetic of this music makes no goddamn sense. Half the the song titles are horror movies and half are video games and half are just random shit (laughs) i this is it's like it's like saturday morning cartoon stuff it's like a it's a uh like extremely eclectic media references yeah they're all media references um so let's listen to the back half of a track called infernal cowboy (laughs) and i just let's listen to this this back half of the song and try to figure out what the fuck the idea of this song is supposed to be.
yeah, so we were talking over that sample about, um, like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, and you compared it. I didn't. Somehow I overlooked it. You you compared a lot of this to Dying Fetus. Yeah, well, I, and I think that's just the, 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 yeah, the little tapping thing is like the, you know, little pinball machine Dying Fetus bits. And just the general, there there's like hardcoreisms to it. There's but, like the section where, from yeah. outside, like definitely yeah, from not, outside, not naturally arrived at, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Th- th- that's something about this record. It- it's like this, this like aliens take on this style of music. <laughs> it- <laughs> <laughs> aliens try to play dying fetus. It's like aliens read the records they read the uh the wikipedia articles on slam death and deathcore and try to make an album out of it um but you're correct about dying fetus because i noticed like right before they go into that final slam riff they do that dun, 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 which is dying fetus's grotesque impalement the little pre-chorus before yeah. they go into the main riff on that song yeah and and it's you know dying fetus has always had like super unique slams to me because they're 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 not slams they're just hardcore breakdowns a lot yeah. of times and dying fetus is also a band that's like big enough that a lot of people are really into them oh yeah but, and especially deathcore people but they also give people like an incorrect understanding of the style because they don't realize that it's shit that's unique to dying fetus oh yeah well i i have a yeah i have a a a, a friend who is kind of a big like tech and prog metal guy. I, we, we don't see eye to eye on necessarily, <laughs> but he, um, we were talking about dying fetus. I'm like, Oh yeah, I love dying fetus. And he was going on about like, he loves the parts that are like, like when he thinks dying fetus, he thinks of all the like, you know, deedly weedly pinball machine stuff. Which, and I was like, uh, and I was like, I like the chug, which to people like us, the, the weedly deedly stuff is so ancillary to the band. As oh well. no. Yeah. That's, that's not the substance. When I, to me, dying fetus is all about the, like the, the beating, you know, the, the being subject to a beating man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's just <laughs> stupid shit, but then oh my God, yeah. it turns out, and I, I've found this myself just because dying fetus has become such a weirdly big band over the years that you've oh, yeah. got different segments of the audience that are paying attention to completely separate things in those. Exactly. Songs, which is fascinating in and of itself. Like I so don't, though, yeah. I don't understand how you divorce one from the other, but apparently <laughs> you can. Yeah. And that, and I think that's, and that's key to how you arrive at dudes like this, that latch on to the weirder parts of things and try to make like a whole song out of that. Yeah, and like the strange material. Yeah, it's this right. Well, I mean, I described it in the notes as like this is an album made up of the connective yeah. material of other albums. Oh yeah, and that's and that's the the weedly deedly stuff on Dying Fetus. Those are bridges. That is Dying Fetus's connective tissue. That is not that is not their destination. That's how they're getting to the slams. Yeah, it's like, but here there's been this, like, lost in translation thing going on Mm -hmm. where, like, even the slam riffs themselves don't have that cathartic quality of other slams. They feel preparatory, you know? And it's like they're, they're applying, 
the the slam the riv the they're applying slams to completely different melodic ideas than slams usually have. Yeah, there's like there's like kind of major key slams on yeah, this record. There there's very few like actual slam riffs. Yeah, it's like if I mean I don't know if there's any. It's like clearly they love devourment, but oh, they yeah. but they thought you could inject whatever chord you wanted into those rhythmic structures <laughs> and it would be fine. And w- what you get is like attempts of like behemoth kind of aping oh my God. slam. Yeah, and I mean there's even there's even certain songs where they break into straight up like bizarre tremolo black metalish stuff like and that's that's and that's where i get into the idea of like obviously one of them was they were just hanging out and one of them was like dude what if we just break into this in the middle of the song wouldn't that be sick well you see i almost wonder if like i i think maybe structural conceits were not even thought of at all like it, 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 it was literally just like hey check out this riff from once sent from the golden hall isn't this cool what if that's just the next part like there, there's literally no consideration for how a song goes because you'll even notice like songs on this record just kind of end like they ran out of ideas yeah. and they just stop <laughs> yeah no it's it's there there aren't really satisfying conclusions and but that's also like kind of one of the elements of this record that's interesting is like there's so much shit that feels like it's a building up to a big moment that yes. kind of never comes. So it's like there, yeah. It's it's it paradoxically a lot of this shit is very kind of oddly chirpy and major key, but weirdly tense because Yeah, no, it's 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 an anxious album because you know, that's that's a major part you know, like in music theory is the idea of building and releasing tension by using certain, uh, you know, chords in your phrase and where you start and end that phrase. And even in the most intense music, you know, even in some of the most abstract slam, there's still a release when there's a buildup. There, there's these a, guys uh, have, yeah. They, they've escaped these guys the just natural keep human up. idea of what a song is supposed <laughs> well, to do. They, it's, um, oh, it's like that, uh, that musical tone that makes the illusion that it's constantly rising and it like freaks people oh, out. Oh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the shepherd's um, tone. Yeah. Yeah. Shepherd's tone. It's like that. It's like they keep, they, they have the buildups to the cool part and then they keep having more buildups. And the cool part, and it doesn't really stop. Happens. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a bit nerve wracking. Yeah, it's like I, I was like listening to this earlier today, and I was like, why do I feel stressed out listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's God. Well, you you got some weirdo shit, right? Yeah, this this was definitely out out of an album that is full of of bizarre and weird things this was the one that that all i had to say about it was what the fuck
am I having a fucking stroke right now? <laughs> Do you smell burning? <laughs> what I smell I smell burning popcorn. What's going on? Like <laughs> dude, none of those ideas connect with each other. No, no, as and like I said, there's that one part where it drops and then like goes into the the like hardcore beat. Like I, I thought the song ended and a new song started because it had no relation whatsoever. And it's like, it's not even like they throw in a bass drop to indicate it. It's like, no, we just start again. Yeah, it literally, it just like, it, it's literally like drop, nothing happens for like a full second. And then it starts again. That 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 might have been a case where it's literally like two half songs bolted together. Like, <laughs> it's, they were like, oh man, th- this song's kind of short. What do we like, do? Oh, well, we can just, we'll just put these two together. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a weird part itself. It's like the intro to this album is like two minutes long of like the weird dark carnival shit. Yeah. And then you've got this like minute and a half song called Explosion Instinct. Cool title, I will say. That's oh, yeah, that weird. is a cool title. Um, and you'd expect a, uh, you know, like a like a cannibal corpse make them suffer type thing. But no, it just kind of lingers around these mid-paced slams and nothing really happens. And then the next song starts. It's like, yeah, the, the, it's, I, the logic, whatever internal logic is behind this music is so fucking warped. I don't, I don't even know, but like evil dead, I mean, the song evil dead, like the there's actually a lot of those kind of clean guitar parts around the record. And yeah, but it's like they, the clean guitar parts are to indicate that they are a clean guitar part. You, you know what I mean? Like there's no relationship between it. Yeah. And the surrounding it's, music. It, it's like they're popping in with something it's like it's like an it's a musical non sequitur it's completely out of context yeah and it's like they 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 get the idea of a clean guitar as like a weird intro or bridge but that's all it is like like they're yeah once again they're built they're building up to nothing it's like the musical equivalent of like drag and dropping drum loops in garage band but with whole parts <laughs> of songs you know, it's like what what like they're they they never there's zero consideration about how a song is supposed to operate. And that's the thing is like I find myself fascinated by this music. It's 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 like every part individually kind of makes sense within itself, but then in aggregate it never comes to anything. It, it and it it's it's so it's so specific in the way it does it. It's like, you know, it, it's like that theory in like college classes that like if you get a zero percent, you get a hundred because the only way to miss every question is to know every question, you know? Yeah, yeah. The fact that nothing ever connects on this album indicates that they must have some sort of awareness. This is like, this is not random. Random would make more sense than this. Well, no, I, I, yeah, I feel like, well, even if it was more random, I feel like you'd end up with a more like middling, mediocre album instead of something extremely bizarre. So yeah, maybe I mean, 
yeah, there has to be some degree of self-awareness. It's like if you had an AI putting shit together like that intestinal engorgement record, it would <laughs> accidentally arrive at riffs that went together. <laughs> Where this, it's, it, yeah, it's, there, there, there could be a conscious decision to link together ideas that really have no meaningful relationship. Could it be that this is a band of like six guys who had a bunch of half finished riffs and they like stuck everything together and made an album? <laughs> yeah, because like, like, well, they went into their like documents on their computer with all those tabs they wrote, but they never used for anything. And then it was like. Yeah, let's 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 clean the slate. Let's make an album with all well, yeah, these ideas. Because like I'm I'm looking, they have they have like a whole band website, and they have a, under news they have an article for when each member joined the band. Like with the last one being July twenty second of twenty twenty one, Yurg joined Scum Tommy. Like the they didn't fuck? they didn't they didn't even have a full band. Like they have like. Like October fifth, twenty twenty, Tobias joined Scum Tommy. October eleventh, Oak joined Scum Tommy. December sixteenth, Bloody joined Scum Tommy, and it like keeps going all the way to like July twenty second. Looks like their last guitarist joined. Could they just all be like bros from the local <clears throat> scene? They and- must be because like they they're like selling like they what is it like signed cards like uh t-shirts and picks before the like like custom picks before the album even came out so like obviously someone has to know who these people are these aren't just randos off the street who decided to make a band dude i want to see this live so bad what is it with february or sorry february zwei <laughs> um mammoth festival so they're playing shows. It? Yeah. Do you do you want to see us playing at Mammoth One Metal Festival? Yes, sure absolutely. To, oh, I, oh, I, wait, no, no. This is they're trying to get people to, to vote uh, for them. To vote for them. That's what it is, dude. I want to see these guys play live, just because I feel like even if I played these songs for a year, I wouldn't be able to play them live. Like, there's no logical connection between anything. I have to. Well, just, how, yeah, it's like how do you remember the song? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's literally just these seven riffs are just in a row. There's nothing indicating that they relate to each other and we just we just go. We just try to do it. It's like it's like trying to remember shit in free time, but melodically, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so okay, so let me get to a song that's almost like a logical song. Yeah, um, th- this was like the most the the most slam approaching. This is the most coherent song on the record on the record called "Blood Legion of Corn." Um, Fantastic. Yeah, I, I was about to say that you know the one episode where we've got you know the terminus intern who plays Warhammer all the time. We get the <laughs> we get a war, and of course there's like a Warhammer song. Uh, of course, there's. Uh, I mean, there because there's other video game shit. There's one called Dark Souls, right? Before yeah, no, the like all of there's there's so many and the, the, the long dark after it, you know. Yeah, there. Well, that song Dracarys, that's a Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. Evil Dead. You have Dark Souls. Yeah, Planet have, Terror, the title like, itself. Yeah, yeah, like. And Italian Stallion <laughs> is that just for fucking? 
Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> like, I, yeah, or is it I for don't Rocco Safridi, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, so, okay, so let's listen to the first half of Blood Legion of Corn, and there's kind of a logic to this song. But then there's certain shit that does not make any sense. Listen to when they do a uh, a sort of major key version of a behemoth riff of just these big kind of like dramatic held chords. They do it once and they never come back to that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you know the exact part I'm talking about where it's just like dun 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 and then that idea never comes back for the rest of the song. It's literally like an interrupter. Honestly, the riff before it and after it would have linked together fine, but they decided to interrupt it. It's like Yeah, it's well you know, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Like you immediately like once the song is done, you're like, What what was that was that the same song? Did that like that I hear something like that does it comes out of nowhere? Yeah, what it's is like, it? If you remove <laughs> if you and that's the thing, it's like you remove some of the eccentricities from this music. And it's like that song in particular, if you just stuck those main riffs together, you'd get something kind of like an infernal revulsion song. Um it would make sense. It's like, you know, NYDM plus like Japanese slam. Okay, that makes sense. We we can do mm-hmm. a song like that. But then it's like they're deliberately injecting these weird interrupters and bridge ideas. Like there has to be something deliberate going on here, right? Because if there's not, yeah. then I'm having a stroke right now. No, yeah, they, they, I if if their goal was to just like well we're gonna make a cool slam like we love slam we're gonna make a cool slam record where did that come from what does that have to do with anything that you want that you're trying to do yeah and and it's also um and like you said the fact that it just shows up the one time and then it's gone it's never repeated that's it's just it's this little anomaly (laughs) these random interrupters show up so and it it also kind of relates to the way 
another thing that's interesting about this is the wildly disparate kind of technical performance on display. Because, so obviously these guys can do this, you know, kind of elaborate dying fetus tapping stuff. They can do tech mm-hmm. riffs, but it feels like the bulk of this record is based off of riffs that are deliberately stripped down. Like they're, um, it, it sounds like they had more complex ideas and they deliberately removed certain parts. Yeah. And I mean, make it more primitive. May, yeah. 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 To make it more primitive. I think maybe it comes back to them. They're, they are trying to make music based on their personal idea of what slam is. So they're like, oh, well, we could try this riff. Oh, no, that, that's too complicated. We need it to be dumber because it's slam. Yeah, yeah. It, so it's, it's like they, they, yeah, they deliberately, like, played under what they could. And maybe that's where some of the really idiosyncratic kind of deathcore ideas mm-hmm. come from. Because it's like... Because it, it doesn't really make sense that it's like, maybe they think of deathcore and slam as like completely separate things, you know? So it's like, we can mm. do the techie deathcore stuff, but then like the main slam riffs, they have to be really simple because that's what these styles are. Um, Which is ironic because like deathcore breakdowns are often way, way more stripped down than your average lattice work of slams. Yeah, it's there, there's a, a fascinating there's a fascinating sort of like um, folly ado kind of craziness going on on this record. It's like a, a bunch of guys get together with a, a set of assumptions that make sense to them internally, yeah. but don't make sense outside of it. dude. They, they, it's like their band is their own little echo chamber. Yeah, and and the result is something that is kind of a lot of things but fits comfortably nowhere oh no no yeah i i i you know i'm i'm a i i get autistic about genre classification and i don't know what to call this it's i i, I don't think I, I can call it brutal death metal it's, no no it's it's it it borders on slam but it's not slam and I, I yeah. guess it's more deathcore, but even then, I couldn't point to you a deathcore album that sounds like this. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's why I like to use that term bar metal. You know, yeah, yeah. I think I think American listeners will understand. Um, oh yeah, at, at like your, local bands. Your local metal bar always has a handful of bands that are playing all the time that are kind of death and kind of thrash and kind of groove and kind of metalcore. I think mm-hmm. we're just listening to a brutal death metal inflected take on that idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I think that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense because you, it's just, it's just, it's too eclectic. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's too, it's too many things at once. So many, but arranged in such a way as to be as uncomfortable as possible. That's the thing I keep coming back to is, like, no, yeah. even if you put these parts together at random, it would make more sense than what you have here. Please, 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 for the love of God, give me a musical release. Yeah, it's like the... It, Stop it's, doing this to me. Which is why I think, like, the, the weird kind of, like, tense, stressful quality mm-hmm. of this has to be intentional, because this 
is not completely random. These are sort of like, quote unquote, the worst possible choices at every turn. And if you're making the worst decision at every turn, you have to know what the right decision is. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. You got one more, right? Yeah, I have. I think it's the, I don't remember if it's the front half or back half. It would be the front front section of Italian Stallion. And this is, I have another example here of where it just breaks into this melodic idea, like like melodic, like consonant melody idea, almost out of nowhere, and then just kind of goes back to what it was doing, like nothing happened. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Okay, so we got we got to talk about what just happened there. Yeah. What, um, what did they just do to us? I we, the the thing is, this is one <laughs> of the cases on the record where it's like I'm not just confounded and fascinated. I kind of like the idea <laughs> they're going for here. Like, and then, but it's like the the final riff there that they're trying to develop everything around is like. I said to you, it's it's almost like a trivium riff or something. Yeah, like like the, and once again, I think maybe that's them trying to reach a kind of core stuff, metalcore, deathcore, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, <sighs> but it's just it, once again, there was no logic to it. It just came out of nowhere. Oh, it makes it like, absolutely no sense. Yeah, it, they were it, they were doing their kind of brutal death esque stuff. And then just like, okay, now we're going to do this, like, this fast, blasting melody. Yeah, Why? which is something they go back <laughs> to a fair amount on this record. You know, this these almost like Amon Amarth kind of melodic mm-hmm. riffs that they'll inject at totally random places in the middle of songs. And I don't know, here here's a place where it almost works. Like, if they yeah. organize that that riff that is, I mean, more than Trivium, it's like a Parkway Drive riff or something. Like, <laughs> if they organize that a little bit better, like, it would kind of work. I, I, I can see the idea operating yeah, in the background maybe here. Make, make the transition a little cleaner. Yeah, but 
Instead, we've got just the weirdest goddamn thing in the world. Yeah, it I, just it just it just goes back. It just stops, and that's what like it's that's why I said it's like a quick mellow break. It's like they just step away for a second, and they're like, okay, we're gonna step we're gonna step back for a step outside and do a little a little melodic thing real quick. We'll be right back. Why do I want to buy a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Set me where they blow my gap to the ground in the 
Sarah, a hundred but she's my man. Starts start wondering, wondering, starts my mind. The thing, the thing, until it started the link. Try not to open my eyes until I heard the eerie voices of the devil himself. He started to talk much stuff. He said, here, give me another chance if I can prove to be a worthy man. And if not, I could go with the other man. I said, here again, I'm about my kid that we're feeling young cats.